Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to HR Work Break. I'm your host, Maddie Collins, editor of HR Daily Advisor. HR Work Break takes a quick but close look at everything human resources. For any HR professional, it's a must listen. I hope you learned something new, take some advice to heart, or simply stay abreast today's trending topics. Now it's time for a work break. Happy Friday and welcome to HR Work Break. Today I'm joined by Sandra Moran, CMO of Workforce Software. Sandra, thank you so much for joining me today. Maddie, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk to you about this topic. Me too. So one of the things we cover on HR Work Break every once in a while are buzzwords. And you pitched a really interesting buzzword to me that I hadn't heard before, and it's Super Sick Monday. So could you explain to me what that entails? I absolutely will. And it's kind of funny because it is an actual thing. And that is a rise in absenteeism, most notably in, in this case, Monday, the Monday following the Super Bowl. And it's significant and growing every year. So just to put it in perspective for everybody listening, if you haven't heard about Super Sick Monday, we're really talking about anywhere between 14 and 18% of the U.S. work population. That's anywhere between 18 and 24 million people that are already planning on calling in sick, coming in late, or working a reduced workday. Yeah, no, it's crazy. And like the Super Bowl is one of those things that's like a crazy cultural phenomenon in the U.S. So it makes sense that people who stay up late, especially people dealing with different time zones, depending on I don't even remember what state the championship is taking place in this year. But absenteeism and massive callouts greatly affect the workforce. So do you have any advice for employers on how to soften the blow for a super sick Monday or something like that? Absolutely. It's not just affecting the employers, but if you think about um, especially a large employer, um, it's affecting the managers very significantly. So if you've got to keep continuous business operations on Monday and you've got you know a significant portion of your workforce that are calling in <laughs> um, and you've got work to do, that presents a huge problem. So, you know, just by way of where I'm coming from, Workforce Software is a workforce management software platform that is primarily used by very large employers and typically large employers that have what we would call a deskless worker population. So manufacturers, retailers, people that are really significantly impacted when their employees don't show up for work. It's not like you can just say, hey, sorry, nobody came in today. I'm not going to be able to serve you. Or, hey, nobody came in today. We can't run this production line. So increasingly, I think employers have to plan for what is becoming, I'll call it an employee demand or desire, or to look at history and not act like it isn't going to repeat itself. So employers can plan for contingencies in in labor. We have um, some large employers in the auto sector that actually partner with their unions to make sure that the team that they need in order to conduct work is there um, in full force. But I I think kind of beyond what do you do from a reaction perspective is what do we see employers thinking about doing in the future against this reality? And, you know, that's a place where I don't think it's a desire on the part of employers not to offer employees benefits like this, but actually their ability to support it. So Could they offer, for example, a shift premium that would make it attractive for somebody to come in 
knowing that there's a lot of people that don't want to come in or find other incentives, ways to work around. You know, what, especially if you look at, I think, 18 to 34-year-olds, they're uh, they're asking for Super Bowl Monday to become a national holiday. So (laughs) (laughs) not ignoring it, but thinking about strategies that you could employ maybe to make it attractive for people to offset the people that don't want to come in and aren't willing to come in. Yeah, it's a little bit different because this is a desk job. But one thing that my company does that does have that kind of proactive mindset, if it's like the Friday before a major holiday, that Friday, usually we'd close at like three before a major holiday. Instead, they closed at noon because they already knew like people are going to be going out of the way. And this way they could incentivize people to, you know, get that last minute work done before the holidays. Absolutely. It's more difficult for employers where the work has to be done in person. It's more difficult in industries where they have to staff or service their customers' needs in a particular time. Again, I think the opportunity for employers is to embrace those realities, lean into them, especially at a time where there is such a demand for labor industries that do not have sufficient labor. Look at our unemployment rates are just classically historically low. Employers that have the ability to recognize it's not just Super Bowl Monday. There's other disruption events that happen all the time. You're talking about a great one, which is, you know, the other holidays, not just the Super Bowl. But can employers actually find ways to balance this desire on the part of employees for some of this kind of, I'd call this classic scheduling flexibility, but still meet the needs of the business to get their work done. It's amazing to me how many large, large employers are still doing things manually that make these kind of benefits offerings very difficult for them to implement. So not a lack of desire to account for that, but I'll call it a lack of ability. And I do think that employers that lean in and embrace these kinds of things can differentiate themselves and possibly win the war for talent when they're demonstrating that they care about employees, they care about what employees care about, and are able to offer some some true work-life balance. Again, not minimizing how difficult that is if it takes 150 people to run this line, uh, manufacturing line, and we all have to be there. I can't have 30% of my workforce not there or 14% of my workforce not there because they called in sick. So proactive recognizing some of the complexity certainly is possible with technology today. Definitely. And like in that kind of vein, just speaking towards like talent acquisition and retention, I've seen this huge trend toward employees expecting open lines of communication and transparency with their employers. And like what you're saying with businesses that need people physically in the office, having that sort of line of communication where they understand things happen and being able to move and flex and adapt and know that you can speak to your boss about maybe having to call out sick for one reason or another can go very, very far just on like a basic level, even before implementing like technology that might make the process even smoother. Absolutely. And, you know, I think you're saying something that's resonating with me and with customers that we have, and that is that feeling of what is a benefit is actually deeply personal. So as much as anyone is interested in Super Sick Monday being an option for them, there's other people that would actually love a shift differential that paid them more because 
Super Bowl's not their thing. You know, likewise, you could think about a scenario where somebody was offered overtime shift after overtime shift after overtime shift for me. If I'm saving for a house or I'm looking for an opportunity to make more money, that overtime shift could be like, yes, bring it on. Whereas another person who's dealing with a less flexible schedule, maybe they work multiple jobs, maybe they're in school, maybe they've got childcare requirements, that extra shift is like, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back. So open lines of communication being down to the employee level is really what's required to offer that experience that's truly different for that employee And again, you'd be surprised, I think. I certainly was surprised by how many organizations really don't enable that kind of communication and certainly don't enable that kind of communication proactively. So, you know, after the third overtime shift, can I check in with you and find out, is this the best thing that ever happened to you or is this the worst thing? And then make it easy for the manager to, you know, pull that person out of the rotation or add them to it. So again, I'm bringing it back to technology. That's where I'm coming from. But the nugget of that is how important it is to personalize those interactions, which actually would help an employer plan better. Like if I knew you weren't going to come in on Monday, I could plan better for somebody to fill that shift swap versus finding out at the last minute when you call in sick. And with the role of technology and scheduling and communicating with your employees, one thing that's gained a lot of traction in the last year is automation and artificial intelligence. Do you think in a situation like this that requires a lot of communication, there's space for AI Like, do you think it's more helpful or more complicated than something cut and dry? No, I think it is essential, especially for a large employer, that we start to look at things like data trends, historic data trends in forecasting, uh, some of these events that we can see coming. I mean, the data that's available today about the number of employees that didn't come in last year is fueling this idea that it's going to happen again. Imagine a company that can look at historic trends and actually use that to forecast. So machine learning to me is a form of artificial intelligence. How can I use this information to most effectively plan versus react to a scheduling deficit that I wasn't anticipating. So I do think AI has a huge role in analyzing large bodies of data that we can use to forecast, and it will continue to gain ground there. You know, I could even see a scenario in which I'll call it a high fatigue day after a holiday, after an event like the Super Bowl. Do we see any correlation between those kinds of events and increased safety? challenges inside plant or in, uh, you know, an operation. And again, could the employer harness that data to proactively maybe send an alert to the employee with a, a mini safety video just to remind and again, take advantage of large pieces of data to take proactive actions that would drive, you know, a better outcome. So I think AI is here to stay and those who harness it will be in a significantly better position to improve the employee's experience as well as the employer's experience getting work done. Yeah, and it seems like the name of the game really is being proactive. So how does having that data analysis looking forward 
just analyzing where you are and what your employees are doing, how does that help the employee experience and then the company's bottom line in the long run? You know, I've given you a couple examples of using data to create even an encounter between a manager and an employee. And so I think employees today want to feel valued and heard. And that's not a once a year survey, how did this go? But I think um, increasingly technology can make it possible for employee experience to be earned every day. And that is using data to detect these, you know, it could be something like I'm an employee that's always on time. All of a sudden I'm not on time. I've had, you know, five consecutive days that I'm late proactively reaching out to the employee versus, you know, considering this a negative behavior, but, you know, looking to see if there is uh, something that's going on in that employee's life. Maybe you could make an accommodation proactively. An employer that was able to do that versus a punitive, you're late, you're late, you're late, and not using data to check in. Talk about an employee experience that has value, making the employee feel valued. Those are all things that could be enabled by detecting a change in work pattern, facilitating a communication between the employer and the employee and possibly making an accommodation for that employee. So small employee experiences that matter to that employee enabled by technology is going to create greater engagement. There's a correlation between employee engagement and revenue per employee. There are productivity benefits, not to mention, you know, reducing employee turnover. And, you know, if if you are bound to your employer because you do feel truly valued, um, you're much less likely to leave. And employees that leave take with them, obviously, all their experience and expertise when they go. And I think another good example of how does the employer benefit, if you think about, especially large organizations, very often the people that are doing the work are the people who understand how the work could be improved. The next generation of worker doesn't just want to be asked what they feel about the company. They want to be asked about the work that they're doing. And very often frontline workers know, wow, you know, when people come into the store, I really need to be able to check the inventory. I need to be able to respond quickly. I need to be able to offer benefits that the customer is telling me. Again, if the employer can tap into that expertise, there are often all kinds of productivity benefits that can be unlocked. Very often those channels of communications are not really even available to frontline workers. Most frontline workers don't have a corporate email address. They don't have a direct line to the individual that's writing, even operating procedures. So I'll go another level. It's not just about you know, once a, in, a, in a while employee surveys, it is really about tapping into the collective intelligence, which is making the employee feel valued and unlocking some of these productivity increases. Yeah, it's honestly really fascinating how technology and data can really help further the human element. When you hone it in, you're no longer just making someone a statistic. You're kind of like addressing and understanding like where they are in this big puzzle that is the workforce. And, you know, think about your own personal life. You know, your phone, you walk in somewhere, it knows where you are, you're able to search. So many large employers, it's like it's 2024 out here. What year is it inside your company? 
you know, green screen computers are still a thing inside large organizations. And then yet we, in our personal life, have access to highly personalized content. It knows who I am. It's anticipating what I need. The technology is available today. It is time for employers to adopt technology that really creates a great experience think about yourself. If I have a question and I'm somewhere, I can just, you know, ask perplexity or, uh, you know, I can um, search, quickly get an answer. You go inside a company and you try to get a simple answer. How do I do this? Where do I go for that? Where is this form? It is like, er, you know, going back in time. So when we talk about employee experience, I think holistically, it is, does the company actually make it easier for the employee to get work done? Does the employer have some sense of who I am and what's important to me? And are they able to honor that in a way that, you know, meets regulatory requirements, is in line with union rules, you know, meets the company policy? Again, the technology can help enable that. But if we think more broadly about employee experience, considering how well served we are in our private life. That's definitely where employers are going to have to go in order to attract and retain workers and reap those productivity benefits. Definitely. Yeah. Just speaking from personal experience, just talking about like what year is it in this workforce? Like when I was in college, I was a hostess at a restaurant and I don't even remember the program that we used, but you could go in and see who was working what shifts. So you could like switch with people if need be. And then after I came back home to Connecticut, the waitressing schedule was a paper thing on a magnet on the fridge. And I was just like, oh my goodness. It was a little bit of a culture shock and I was like, okay, like I I really miss having a little <laughs> digitized thing so I know who I can call who isn't working. Absolutely. I do know a client when we started working with them, an extremely large name brand that you would know who had their paper up on their, you know, board about who wanted to work overtime that weekend. And that was not skills-based somebody picking that they wanted to work overtime. Um, there was not like, well, if I pick that person versus that person, it's going to cost me this much more money. But to get to that point where you can really meet the business need and the employee desire, you have to be digitized. You know, you, you're not going to be able to do that if you're on a piece of paper or you're in an Excel spreadsheet. And to deliver that kind of experience, I want you to shift swap with each other. I want you to have an opportunity there is a complexity to that. Like I said, union rules or regulatory can't work again. You can offer that kind of employee experience if that process is digitized and, you know, the technology exists today. Yeah, it does. So my favorite way to wrap these episodes since it airs on a Friday is to ask what you're looking forward to this weekend, um, specifically if you've got any Super Bowl plans or a uh, super sick Monday on your books. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do have a super sick Monday, but I did put in for it. So it's so funny that you <laughs> asked that. I have the most amazing plans. I'm going to be going to Savannah, Georgia, meeting my college uh, girlfriends that I, some of them I haven't seen in many, many years. So we will be watching the Super Bowl, even though my beloved Lions are not there, but I'll be having a wonderful catch up with three other friends. So more fun than normal. <laughs> That'll be so much fun. Savannah's such a cool city too. You're going to have a blast, especially with your college friends. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. 
Sandra, thank you so much for joining me for this conversation. It's been an absolute pleasure. It was great. Thank you. And I hope all the employers out there and employees find a way to reconcile their own super sick Monday and uh, make it through. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Again, I'm Maddie Collins, and thank you for listening. Join us next Friday or whenever you need a work break.